0: I guess we should do this thing huh fuck yeah let's do this all right Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. And my name is Chris. That is Chris. And I did my fucking Lou again. (laughs) I don't know, I'm starting to just do that naturally now, so I guess that's gonna be the thing. (laughs) Uh, Um, we're gonna talk today about uh my what is it, twenty-second job, I think? Yeah, uh, which would be UPS. This is episode twenty-three, by the way. So we're doing uh we're doing UPS. We're going to talk about UPS, which you know, on paper it looks like UPS. Yes. It sure <laughs> but does. But it stands for what? United Postal Service or something like that?
1: United Parcel Service, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, postal wouldn't make sense. That's the fucking other one. <laughs> that's that's the, the blue. That's the other one. It's the other one. That's the blue and gray motherfuckers. We're talking about the brown motherfuckers. That's right, baby. So, let's go ahead and just start with the occupational breakdown. Occupational! Occupational. Break. Break. Break down! Break down. Break down. <laughs> so that'll be a, a fun one for me to edit. Holy fuck. <laughs> we just fucking went, went all, all, all for it there. Yeah, we went um, different places. UPS. I was an unloader, which it's exactly what it sounds like. I unloaded big trucks. And my wage earned was $8 an hour, which seemed like uh, like I won the lottery at the time, I think. I was oh really God. excited about that. Um, probably about $3, $4 higher than minimum wage. Probably $3 higher what than minimum wage. What year was wage. this? This would have been 1998.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good for 98.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, for you know a shitty entry-level job, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was employed there about six weeks, give or take. Pretty good amount of time, a week? too. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was what it was. But, and that was uh, your occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. 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 <laughs> I think we hit every note there. I don't think we let left a note unturned. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that how you say that? I think that's the goal, too, in music, is to hit every note. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the goal of music? <laughs> this song hits every note. Uh, that's just literally a chromatic scale going from, you know, like the lowest note to the highest note. <laughs> so oh, whatever, as long as I hit the brown note, that's what's important. Uh, Are you familiar with the brown note? It's apropos because we're talking about UPS.
1: Um, mm, Is that the one that makes you poo?
0: Yeah. The, the idea was that there was some sort of a frequency or tone that if hit would cause you to lose control of your uh your rectum and bowels they call it the brown note but it, it's not a real thing as far as i know it's just one of those like jokey like we're, we're trying to achieve the brown note <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I've, I've not heard that one yet the brown note
0: <laughs> <laughs> um that's kind of like a spinal tappy sort of a vibe you know i like that so ups back to brown um As I said in the last episode, we talked about my town and country experience. It was a nice long two-episode excursion. And at the end, I said that we decided as a band we were going to move to Los Angeles with my girlfriend at the time. And so I needed to get a second job in order to try to save up some extra money for that move. And that is why I got the job at UPS. Because I could work overnights. So I would work at the theater like... Usually, do like a closing shift, so get there around like 3, and work until like 12, 12.30, maybe 1 at the latest a.m., and then get home and, you know, fuck around until my shift started at 2 or 2.30, I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, I when I first did the interview process and they t- talked about like what positions were available, there was unloader positions and loader positions. The loader position actually paid slightly more. Because it was a little more complicated. It involved loading up the fucking trucks for the drivers in the morning. Yeah. The problem was that in order to do that job, you had to be able to stay later. And I needed to get off work before Jacqueline left for her job in the morning because we shared a car. So even though my instinct was to be a loader, since I'm smarter than a rock and... (laughs) Uh, yeah i would like more money i had to take the unloader position because i needed to be off work by like six thirty or 7 a.m if that makes sense
1: and actually i i want to just come clean really quick um and announce oh, this is the moment chris is this... going to come out of
0: the closet right now <laughs> i'm coming out
1: um <laughs> i am a driver at ups so i'll i'll have
0: some things to say about this episode and um, hopefully yeah hopefully you'll have some insights you can tell me if it's different or how it's different or or your your side of the job because you know when i worked there the drivers were like oh it was like the the goal like everybody working there wanted to be a driver you know it's for
1: sure how it is um and we have our own relationships with the preloaders and as far as unloaders go those are just dudes that you know unload trailers and stuff like that and
0: generally um, if you have like a criminal background or <laughs> <you're> an, <laughs> in your case <laughs> they'll stick you in a fucking truck and <laughs> wish, wish you luck
1: um but yeah why don't you take it away and then we'll just kind of see where
0: the river takes us exactly I'm, I'm a big fan of floating down the lazy river, river on a, on a inner tube fucking. getting a nice fucking gnarly sunburn on my thighs <laughs> on your thighs because oh, you're wait. sitting in the tube in the circle and your thighs are out of the water yeah that's true does that make sense yeah we'll get back to lazy rivers in a minute, <laughs> i have some questions but let's talk about the job for a minute all right um yeah so i i got the job i like i said i would work till like midnight or twelve thirty at the theater i'd get off i'd go home i'd play some nintendo 64 maybe eat something <laughs> um a lot of nintendo 64 a lot of golden eye happening in that era oh that'll boy um yeah also i think i was playing uh some final fantasy 7 on the playstation I think that would have been around the same time. Uh, yeah, that was my, my nightly routine. Maybe rub one out because my <laughs> girlfriend was definitely sleeping. And then, <laughs> then I would take the car and I'd drive to UPS. And uh, man, I did very little else other than work and sleep during this period of time. It was just like one job to the other. Occasionally I'd have a couple days off. Because my day, my schedule at UPS was fixed. It was five week, five days a week. So I would usually try to do my days off off of both jobs so that we could go like practice as a band. Like I said, I we were, I was in mid, a band called Midwest at the time and we were still playing, you know, writing songs, practicing our set. I think we probably play a show or two during that time. But yeah, the fucking the smell of UPS gave me a headache. <laughs> the smell in the fucking warehouse. Yeah. First of all, it's huge. It's a huge fucking depot. <clears throat> You you go through security, it's like a whole process. You walk through this building, it's loud as fuck. There's lots of movement happening, it's kind of chaotic. Conveyor and belts. Yeah, conveyor belts going every direction at every height, as far as the eye can see. Uh it's sort of dark, you know what I mean? Like it's not it's not super well lit. Um I, I know exactly what you mean. You do know. This is one of the times <laughs> you know what I mean um yeah and the job was basically you get there you're you're fucking whoever what i can't remember what they called them but the person above me would basically assign me to a bay yeah and then i would just when it was time to go we'd fucking open up the truck and sometimes the trucks were already open and ready and sometimes you had to crack them open and you know like some of the trucks were big like long and and lots of rooms some were smaller i think they called them pups or something like that mm. and uh yeah you'd you'd unload a truck and then when you were done, you'd you'd let your fucking person know unless they had already come and told you, and then you'd just go to another bay and work on another truck. Sometimes you'd have a buddy. sometimes you'd work alone. Most of the time you'd start out working alone and then after like one or two trailers, you'd end up like you know, helping somebody finish their trailer. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of like alone in a trailer. <clears throat> Some of the trailers had lights in them. Some of them didn't. Some of them had translucent tops, but because it was nighttime, the only light that you were going to get was from like whatever lamps were outside in the parking lot. Um, How long so did there it times... take you to um,
1: unload one of those?
0: I mean, it depended on the size of the truck and how full it was. Some of them were full to the fucking top. Like, Ugh. it almost seemed like they they stacked the truck on its back and just filled it to the top with packages, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then some of them, it was like maybe six feet high worth of packages. So there's maybe like two or three feet of space above that didn't have packages. Okay. Some of them, you'd open it up and it'd be a fucking avalanche. Um, sometimes the trucks would actually have rollers built into the truck. Other times it would just be a flat inside and you have to like pull the fucking conveyor belt thing, like these rolling things in. And the rollers were sometimes broken so they didn't roll right or it was not a perfect system. <laughs> but right. You kind I, of just it, did it, what you had to, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it, it's like it would have taken me two to three hours on a big trailer, I think alone you know yeah um some days i worked harder than others you know like when i first got hired i was you know hauling ass trying to like get as much done as i could then i realized that was thankless i wasn't gonna get promoted i didn't care if i seemed like i was a good employee or not because i'm fucking moving in two months i got this job at like the end of july or maybe the beginning of august and then we were our lease was over at the end of september the beginning of november i mean sorry the beginning of october okay so i basically had three months or two months before we were leaving so it made no fucking difference how good or bad i looked so i started working a lot slower um you know
1: well that's the thing too because it's not like okay lou you need to unload two trailers and then you could go home
0: (laughs) no it was like keep unloading until everything's done slash the time is done yeah, there was days where we'd finish a little early and there was days where we would finish a little late. I always got out of there on time, but rarely did I get out of there more than like maybe an hour earlier than normal, you know? Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, and like some days weren't that bad. Some days everything went smooth. I got good trucks that were packed well, that the rollers all worked. You know, I had fucking help whatever and then other times it was like as bad everything went wrong you know the fucking <laughs> yeah. trailer was smashed all the way up with packages every time you pulled a package out it would like avalanche and you have to run away and let everything fall <laughs> and settle you know yeah um yeah just some days were fucking horrible and uh yeah i i didn't i don't remember liking anybody i worked with there was some people that were okay but generally it was like try to avoid talking them as much as possible and then like I said there would be three or four hours at a time where I wouldn't see another person other than the guy that was you know sorting up above you know I'd put the shit on a conveyor belt and then it would roll you know go up into the sky and then there's a guy on the other (laughs) side where he would like take it and put it on another conveyor belt based on the zip code or whatever right and you know we had to put, put the packages facing a certain way so that the barcodes were facing up and, you know, that was a whole nother thing. And I, I used to get into it with the fucking guy. There was a guy that did. I can't remember what that job is called. I don't know if yeah. it's just sorter. Yeah, but something like that. One of those guys was a fucking prick. And we used to get in, get into it. Like, he'd fucking say some shit to me. And I basically stand out there and with my arms folded. Like, come over here and fucking say that. Come over here. Are you serious? Come on down, man. Yeah, I'm like, you're not getting another package till you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm like, I didn't have anything to lose. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really right. need the job. But yeah, that guy was an asshole and sometimes shit would break down. Stuff would like something would happen where they'd have to stop all the conveyor belts and then we'd all just stand, you know, at the front of our trailers, just watching, just waiting to see what would happen. Right. It was also one of those places where everybody went on their break at the same time. So at the same time, the fucking bell would ring and everybody just stop and go on break, which I don't like. I don't know why. It's like a, you know, those movies with the fucking guys working in the like the plant, you know, usually they're not happy with their job and, and, you know, they're working in a fucking factory and the fucking brake horn goes off and everybody puts their fucking hard hats down and goes and like smokes cigarettes in the break room or whatever. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the PCA job I had many, many episodes ago. The warehouse one with the power breakfast guy, (laughs) except for there was no power breakfast guy at UPS.
1: Oh, my God
0: yeah but um i'm trying to think of what happened there other than just the job was it was what it was it wasn't super memorable um so something kind of amusing was uh there was a guy that worked there who you know our dress code was nonchalant you know like wife beaters and shorts and shit like that is it still like that by the way like the (laughs) unloaders and shit can they wear whatever they want actually the uh, dress code is wife beaters only. <laughs> Everybody's wearing wife beaters. Yeah, no pants or shorts. <laughs> Just wife beaters and dicks hanging out. Um, so yeah, you could wear whatever you want. Okay, yeah. So there was a guy that worked there that had a tattoo on his ankle, and it was a circle slash with a fucking swastika in the middle. So you know, like the Ghostbusters sign, but instead of a ghost, it was a swastika. Yeah. Which, like, on one hand, I, 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 I vibe the message. But on the other hand, like, really, is that is that necessary? <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, everybody, <laughs> no Nazis. <laughs>
1: it's an interesting choice for sure.
0: The thing that's funny about him is it turned, you know, not too much after this in the future, which we'll talk about it when we get to the, uh, the episode where I talk about working at Menards. But... Um, I was friends with this guy's brother I didn't realize it His <laughs> his little brother was my was this guy Mike who eventually was my roommate and I don't remember how it came up but we were talking and I just casually mentioned we were talking about stuff and I was like yeah oh, I worked with this guy at a fucking circle slash <laughs> swastika tattoo and he started cracking up because it's his fucking brother his older brother did he also and have he, that tattoo no, but he had the same, the same opinion of it that I did, which was like, yeah, I mean, obviously circle slash Nazis, but really the tattoo was that, was that, was that really like, is that really what you want to put out? Like, like just screaming at everybody you meet, like no Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so fucking, it's such a funny, just random, like I'm going to make this my thing. Um, yeah i wonder what the
1: motivation start. for that was because obviously you know most yeah. of us
0: aren't on that team So right. why do you feel
1: like you need to shout
0: like that? you got to be the guy that's like yeah that's <clears throat> fucking yeah it's i don't know it's weird but it made me laugh and it made me laugh even harder when i realized that his brother was someone i knew very funny i I can't remember where i when i met mike but i think it was probably it had to be in around this vicinity it had to be during this time sometime. Anyway, um, I digress. We'll talk about him another time. Uh, the reason why I quit this fucking job. I worked there for about six weeks. I was like hurting myself more and more often. And, you know, I like fucking smash my hand or fucking fuck up my knee. You know, like just bumping into shit or, you know, just taking taking a fucking taking a, a a turn when I sh- Yeah, taking a left when I should, taking a right. But like the the straw that broke the camel's back was I was in this truck. It was really shittily organized, like packages spilling and falling everywhere and like having to constantly run away from avalanches and stuff. (laughs) And at one point I'm like leaning down to pick up a box and this huge, this fucking box fell from the top all the way down and hit hit the ground right next to my head. And it was full of fucking nails. (laughs) It was like, it was like not a big box. It was probably maybe a foot by a foot. But it was one of those boxes that had become round, you know, because of the there was nothing. It was just full of nails. It was just, and it was heavy as fuck. It hit the ground like a bowling ball, right next to my head, and I was like, "Yep, I'm done." (laughs) I walked out. I found like whoever was in charge was like, "Yeah, take it easy." (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Yeah, I was like, "Nope, done with this. Not worth it." Man, it was just no standards. The the way that it was just it was way too easy to get hurt. And I was like, nah, I don't care that much. And at this point, I had maybe a month to go before we were moving. So, yeah, I was like, nah, I'm done. And then that was it. I never went back. That was the one. Wow. So, I mean, <clears throat> do you have anything as a, as a US, USP, UPS employee that you want to get into based on what I just said about everything?
1: Um, You know, honestly some of the standards like that um you know i've never heard of anything like that happening um yeah as far as that goes but um yeah i mean when i'm leaving when i'm leaving the building you know lately it's been around five o'clock sometimes it's later but you know you walk past all the guys in trailers and they're unloading or loading and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's it's a fucking hard job man and you know in the summer i mean you were there for that time was it like hot as fuck in there
0: yep hot as fuck i used to bring a huge ass thing of water and would always run out and it would be like i'd put it in the freezer so it would basically be a frozen block of ice and then (laughs) over the course of the the shift it would melt (laughs) right but yeah i lost weight at that job i definitely lost some weight i'm sure you You did
1: yeah, dude, that's but. that's no bullshit. I mean, and that's really scary too. I mean, you know, a lot of the boxes, they're all marked, you know, heavy or fragile or stuff like that, but you know, sometimes you have a guy that doesn't give a shit. He puts a box of nails on the top of a
0: load, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's fucking dark. So like you can't see exactly everything when you're in there, especially if you're like deep in the trailer. Yeah, it just it was not worth worth the risk at that point. I was like, "No." no. Um yeah, I gave so that's how I quit that job, and then I was still working at TNC for another month, uh, of the theater, and then I just I Dan knew you know months in advance that we were leaving, so it wasn't like I gave two weeks notice. He probably had like a three month notice that I was leaving. Um How did that go though? You know,
1: was um, was it sad saying goodbye to Dan and and that job? I mean,
0: it's <laughs> sort of no. I think by the time. I was excited to move on and do something different, you know, like the, the theater had its, had its place. It was awesome. It was like a flash in the pan kind of a moment. Uh, but I didn't want to like do it forever. You know, like I, I was like, that was fun. And now let's try something else. You know, I had dreams and hopes and, you know, I was playing music and trying to like make something happen. And so, yeah, it was fucking, was a little sad to, I mean, mainly just to say goodbye to him. You know, always wish he'd just fucking come along with me in my pocket wherever I went, but yeah, yeah. it's not the way life goes. But yeah, I, I remember when we moved out of that apartment, you know, la- that last episode I talked about Couchy, our blue couch <laughs> that John gave us. Yeah. So when we were moving out, like we had all this furniture that we we're just going to throw away. It was all garbage, like hand-me-down stuff wasn't sellable or, th- or really give awayable even. And so we lived on the third floor and our balcony, you know, the, the, the back was like a big grassy field behind our apartment building and then the parking lot and then, you know, dumpsters. And so instead of trying to, like, carry everything down, we just pitched stuff off the fucking balcony and then went down and, you know, threw it away. And I remember an epic moment was when we threw Couchy off the balcony, <laughs> watched Couchy sail off into the distance and smash into many pieces hitting the ground and it was a it was a a good farewell to couchy that's very funny couchy did his time um but i also remember we so we had planned our move it was basically we're gonna leave like the day after our because aaron was at that point staying with his parents he was back from college with his parents and then shane was i think staying with his grandparents slash still in dekalb and so our lease was gonna be up at the end of September. And so we were going to leave on like October 1st or 2nd or something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like maybe, I don't know, a month before we were getting ready to move, Sunny Day Real Estate announced they were going to fucking do a show in Chicago uh, at the Metro on like October 7th or something like that. Yeah. And so we're like, well, fuck, we're not going to leave and not see that. So we we changed our plans and basically bought tickets to go to that show. And then we're going to move the next day. And so for, like, a week, we had to sleep on couches. Like, I think I slept at Aaron's place a couple days and maybe at, like, Jacqueline's, you know, cousins or something. Like, you know, we were just, like, trying to find a place to stay and all of our, our shit was in our car. Like, literally, we packed our car up and then just sit in a parking lot somewhere, you know, like, waiting for us to move.
1: Who else played that show?
0: I think maybe the Gloria record. No. Maybe. I'm trying to remember. I think maybe it was the Gloria record. I can't remember for sure, but I feel like I, th- I feel like it was the Gloria record, which is the post Mineral band. Like two of the guys from Mineral were in. That was probably really fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, I might have the timing wrong, but that's I know I saw the Gloria record, and that's the only show because they didn't they opened for whatever show I saw them at, and I can't think of what other show I would have seen them play in that time period. So yeah, I think it was that, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was fucking, I'd never saw sunny day before and they were really influential for, for me as a musician and in bands and stuff. They were kind of one of the big ones. So yeah, it was cool. And it was also kind of cool, like to see that and then leave like, this is our last night in Chicago. We're going to see this band. And then the next morning we're going to wake up and drive away. We're going to drive to Los Angeles. And it was cool. Cause you know, we were like, we moved, we left LA under sort of a dark cloud, you know, we didn't really want to leave, but circumstances kind of happened the way they happened. And then we're going back now, you know, and it was, it was super exciting. Like we're, I'm in a band, the band's moving with, i am got my girlfriend, we're going to go do this thing. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I think it's kind of an interesting, like you, you haven't done like an epic, crazy, risky move ever in your life. Right. Like you've never just left and gone somewhere with no clue what you're going to do once you get there. No. You know, so I've done that a couple of times and sometimes it's more like crazy off the wall. Like I have no idea what I'm going to find. I'm going to sleep in someone's living room. Um, sometimes it's not that crazy, but this one, this one was pretty funky. I mean, we basically drove across country, took like two days. I think we slept over in like Texas one night. I was planning on just going the whole time. And then I can't remember, but everybody got sleepy. And so I was like, oh, fucking bunch of bitches. (laughs) So, you know, we pulled over and slept in like a shitty hotel in Galveston, Texas or something like that. And then finished it out. And we were going to stay with my mom. So my mom, after, you know, the last we heard, me and Jacqueline were staying in an apartment with her and my sister. And then things went wrong. And then me and Jacqueline left my mom in that apartment with my sister. Since then, my mom had moved to a different apartment in the same complex. So, third apartment for her in that same complex. <laughs> she's the mayor. And, yeah, definitely. And so we were going to basically sleep on her fucking couch and floor while we were looking for a place. So you know, we we drive across country, we get to Los Angeles, and then immediately we have to fucking figure out because we can't live there. You know, she's got a fucking apartment. It's you know three dudes and a chick, and it just was like. I mean, obviously cool of her to allow us to just fucking come and chill. And Was sister the sister there that, at that time? I, I don't think so. But if she was, I scrubbed her from my memory because wow. I don't remember her being a factor at all. Yeah. So it's just as likely she was there and I just ignored her the whole time as that she was gone. But <laughs> yeah. I didn't have interactions with her. I know that. But yeah, it was fucking weird because so my mom lived in Newport Beach, which is about you know given depending on traffic like an hour drive south of LA so we would you know wake up in the morning and we'd have someone would have to stay at the apartment because we'd go up and and like look for apartments and write phone numbers down and we didn't have a cell phones So you'd like see the the phone number in a window, like room for rent or apartment for rent or, you know, we were driving around just looking at like the neighborhoods we wanted to live in and then writing phone numbers down. And then we'd go home and then call all those numbers and leave messages or try to like make appointments to see the apartment. And then the next day we'd go and then one person would have to stay at my mom's to answer the phone if anybody called so that they could make an appointment for the following day for us to go see the apartments. Right. Yeah. So it was this this kind of juggling act of like, one person had to stay and then the other three would go. And I don't remember. I, I feel like it was sort of mixed. Like sometimes Jacqueline was there, sometimes I, I maybe Jacqueline was always the stay-at-home one. I don't remember exactly, but I don't think so because I feel like she would want to be involved in like picking where we were gonna live. But I know someone had to stay, and it I I can't remember. I don't think I ever stayed. it's not going to be whatever that means (laughs) not me man i want to travel but yeah it took us like probably two weeks of looking at apartments and we looked at a bunch of different places we looked looked at a place in venice we looked at a couple of places in west hollywood and then we found this fucking building in hollywood about i don't know a block block or two south of the chinese theater which when you were visiting last time i drove you by there to show you the building Yep, and it was like not a great area. Um, it's nicer now, and it's still not great now. But then it was like hookers and gang members and drug dealers and shit. And then Hollywood right next door. Yeah. This is before they cleaned up that area. That area got cleaned up um, maybe a few years after this. They they redid the whole... That area and and they, what's called Hollywood and Highland, which is where they do the Oscars now. Back then it was like a parking lot and some fucking strip malls and shit. So... Yeah, it was pretty sketchy, but the apartment building was really nice. It was secure. I mean, it's not really nice because recently when we moved back, when I moved back here, me and Tammy looked at it and I was like, yeah, like <laughs> I remember this being like a nice place to live and now I'm not sure I would be comfortable living here, but I don't know if it was just run down or if my standards are a lot higher than they used to be. I really don't know, but. I know that then it felt like we were living in a nice apartment and it was, you know, we were on like the fifth or sixth floor and, um, they had a pool and shit and a gym in there, but yeah, we got this fucking apartment, two bedroom apartment, 1200 bucks a month split four ways, you know, and Aaron and Shane shared a bedroom and me and Jacqueline got the other bedroom. And, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was getting, getting to LA. That was how it went. And, yeah, I have some real weird memories from that period. It's yeah. like when we first got—I had no idea what was going to happen. You know, you get there and you're just like, "The fuck!" But
1: how how yeah. were you guys money wise? Were you guys like prepared a little bit? I mean, you saved all that money, right?
0: Um, I got to be honest with you—we didn't have as much as we needed. So I, I, I had nothing. I basically, all the money I had went in and everybody else had more money than me, which is sort of par for the course. Um, I was always like the the odd one out that didn't save as much as everyone else. (laughs) You know, it's kind of one of those things where like, Hey man, I write all the songs. (laughs) <laughs> you know you bought a playstation 2 <laughs> you you cover the business i was actually borrowing the playstation when i when i was playing it from john Witted. okay loaned me his playstation he was so excited to like let me play final fantasy 7 that he like insisted i borrow his playstation to do so <laughs> here please but i digress yeah it was awesome so he i think he just wanted somebody to talk to about it but uh yeah i man i that was a bizarre that that neighborhood was so bizarre to live in just like hollywood boulevard the stars the walk of fame realizing what a fucking armpit hollywood is like not knowing really and then oh you know what when people think of hollywood they're more picturing like west hollywood than they are actually picturing hollywood cuz hollywood sucks it's all fucking homeless people and
1: scumbags i mean from my experience you know la in general but also hollywood and stuff you know you have this coming from the midwest i kind of had this um vision of like glam and stuff like that and there's different parts of la that you show me that fit that description but i mean hollywood like you're talking about being a little bit shady back then it was a little shady now you know
0: yeah yeah
1: so so that was pretty interesting kind of seeing that firsthand
0: Yeah, it was shadier then, for sure. I have some pretty funny stories about just how shady, but one of them I'll tell is from a different episode. It'll be a few episodes in the future. But, yeah, I, uh, you know, I never felt uncomfortable, but I would feel uncomfortable with, like, my girlfriend walking at night, you know? Like, I just, it was super, like, if you went off Hollywood Boulevard, like, down one of the alleys, there's a a high likelihood that you're going to get mugged, or, you know, if you're a woman, maybe raped or something. It was just really sketched out. It wasn't yeah it was pretty crazy, yeah, but um, yeah, when we first moved there, our first practice space was actually um, it was actually in San Dimas, which is not very close, and I don't know why there. I didn't really because I didn't have money, so I wasn't paying for it. so it was like, okay, whatever you guys want to do, we'll do, but we used to have to drive like thirty to forty minutes to get there. So we drive there and then practice and then drive home and yeah i remember those drives home being kind of cool like you know listening to mineral in the car and just looking out at the fucking twinkling lights in the hills and being like fuck i'm in la with a band you know like we're here we're doing it and uh we actually recorded our demo the midwest demo in that practice space yeah like we recorded all the music live and then did the vocals in our apartment in that shitty in that apartment <laughs> like maybe two takes each song just to fucking get it down. You know, we weren't planning on ever putting it out. It was just a demo. Honestly, it was a demo to get shows because we need to send like the places we were trying to play something because we didn't have any, we weren't, we didn't have any fans, you know? And it was also a problem because nobody knew what the fuck emo was. We're like, yeah, we're emo. And they're like, I don't know what emo, I've never heard that word before. So especially in LA, they had no idea what we were talking about. It's kind of like punk rock, but a little bit more like, I don't know girly than that but like <laughs> kind of punk but poppy but more complicated yeah just I don't know <laughs> listen to right.
1: this what's uh yeah. what's an emo band from that time that came from California
0: um Boilermaker um Garden Variety would have been one uh Drive Like Jehu might have been in that category actually more from San Diego than from L.A. L.A. didn't have a very thriving emo scene. And I kind of was like, oh, we'll be the we'll be the first ones, you know, like we'll be the ones we'll be part of that. The yeah. L.A. will have an emo scene. We'll be there. There will be three or four bands. We'll be one of them. But yeah, it was it was hard going, man. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to think if like I think it'll be more appropriate to talk more about the music stuff in a future episode because that that'll that stuff will happen more um in future episodes so anyway but yeah i'll I'll tell i'll talk more about that next time but that's pretty much it for ups i don't know if you have anything else you want to say about
1: well hit hit me with the scale
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's a three it's a fucking three okay you know it's not it's not a two or a one it's a three i I wouldn't want to do that again and it's funny because UPS is one of those jobs where whenever people are like, oh, you're looking for a job, you should apply at UPS. Like they, I heard they pay well and they have good benefits and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but no. Like They do, but not really when you first, if you're just coming in at the beginning, you don't have, like you had clout. You got a fucking driver job yeah. off the street, which is super unusual. Right. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to get a fucking driver job. I'm going to have to get like a unloader. Or loader position and work my way up to a sorter and then work my up to a fucking this and then that and, and like eh, and there's definitely just, a yeah.
1: chain for sure and like you said I got I got lucky man I'm fucking blessed because you know I got in there and guys were like giving me weird looks when they heard I came off the street because everyone comes from inside that building yeah so now
0: you know you you were blessed before and even without that job right just by being white and male and american
1: yeah that's for sure but like it's all fucking
0: aces for you brother
1: yeah no i'm with you but this job is taking care of me and is going to take care of me you know
0: yeah so good luck i hope i hope it continues to do for you what it didn't do for me (laughs) thank you may no boxes of nails almost crush your head oh my god please (laughs) but yeah so that's that's that and uh you know we're going to talk about our next, the next episode here? What's that, Lucho? It's going to be good times. We're going to talk about the time I did extra work on the Power Rangers. Oh, we're going awesome. to Power Ranger it up. Got to watch out
1: for those putties, dude.
0: <laughs> so here's the thing that's funny. You're going to know more than me about the Power Rangers because you're 10 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, I was... But we'll find out. I was a yeah. fan. We're going to find out all about that next episode. But yeah, it was awesome. I enjoyed talking about... UPS, and the nice thing about these episodes is now that I've talked about it, I don't ever have to talk about that again. <laughs> I love you, Lou. I love you too, Chris. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you next time. All right, bye bye.